The doctrine of justification by faith has been at the center of some very vigorous debates, not only during the Protestant Reformation, but also more recently in the last 40 or so years. That kind of debate is useful when it helps us clarify our understanding of Christian belief, but sometimes it's possible to get caught up in debating the formulation of various doctrines that we lose sight of their pastoral significance. That's what we want to avoid, especially when it comes to justification. So during the next couple of minutes, we're going to take a look not only at the meaning of justification by faith, but also at its practical and pastoral importance. Why is justification a doctrine worth celebrating? To get our minds around justification by faith, we need to understand that it's primarily about reconciliation. It's ultimately about coming into a reconciled relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And it has implications as well for our relationships with others and other believers not least. Before we explore the dynamics of justification as reconciliation, we need to take a look at justification in the Bible. You need to know that when you are reading your Bible and you come across words like righteous or righteousness on the one hand and justice or justification justified on the other, in the Greek of the New Testament it's all the same root word. So justification is the act of declaring that a person is in the right or righteous. And these two word groups in English, justify, righteous, are nearly interchangeable options for one Greek uh, word group. Now when you come across righteousness language in the Bible, you'll find that it basically functions in one of two ways. First, there's righteous status. Second, there is righteous behavior. When we talk about righteous status, we're talking about a kind of legal standing. It, let's say a man commits a crime, murder perhaps, and he did it, he actually did it. However, when the time comes for the trial, the prosecuting attorney fails to prove that the man committed murder, and the result is that he's declared not guilty. So his legal status is that of not guilty. He's not condemned. He's in the right. He's righteous, even though he committed the crime. But as far as the legal system is concerned, he's justified. He's in the right. That's status, legal status, righteous status. And it's real, it's not a fiction, it's a status about how a person uh, relates to the law and it does not reflect prior behavior. Uh, it's a status handed down by an appropriate authorized authority. That's righteousness as status. A somewhat different use of the same word righteous is righteous behavior. And a good example comes in the Sermon on the Mount, which is full of righteousness language. Jesus says, if your righteousness does not exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees, then you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And we know from the context that he's talking about righteous uh, behavior, not righteous status. Because earlier he said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness. That's definitely about behavior, isn't it? They're not being persecuted because of their legal standing. They're being persecuted because they're behaving in a righteous manner that's offensive to someone else. So when we talk about justification as a reconciling declaration that a person is righteous, we're talking about option one, righteous status, not option two, righteous behavior. This is how it works out in the letters of Paul when he talks about justification. There's a lot of extended passages on justification by faith. One of those is Romans 3, and Paul deals there with justification, and it's clear that he's talking about status, not behavior. He says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift. 
These are people who have transgressed. Their behavior is unrighteous. They are guilty. They stand condemned. And their justification is a gift because the declaration does not accord with the life they've lived up to that point. These are folks who deserve condemnation, but they get justification instead. In Romans 4, 8, Paul says, Blessed is the one against whom God does not reckon sin. He's talking about one who is unrighteous in terms of their behavior, but is then reconciled to God because God chooses not to count that person's sin against him. So when someone's, someone whose behavior is unrighteous becomes justified and declared righteous, it's the legal status of righteous or in the right that they are receiving as a gift from God out of his grace. Now let me be clear. Once a person is reconciled to God and declared righteous, even though their behavior was unrighteous, God intends to bring their behavior into line with their new status. The justified status is not conferred on the basis of right behavior, but it is supposed to be followed by transformed righteous behavior. So we've been through some of the what of justification. We still need to look at the why question. Why is justification by faith a doctrine worth celebrating? I can honestly say that I've seen so much fruit in pastoral conversations with people who may be struggling in any number of ways. Uh, think about it like this. Let's say you or someone under your pastoral care is dealing with severe experiences of inadequacy. It's affecting the way they relate to others, the way they relate to God. They find themselves inadequate, so they have difficulty imagining a God who accepts them as they are. They don't accept themselves after all. Why would God? The doctrine of justification comes into that sort of situation and says that God does indeed accept you, not on the basis of your adequacy or lack. He accepts you because Christ has offered himself for you. There's nothing you can do to add to the work of Christ. So when we're dealing with inadequacy or the, the doctrine of justification by faith tells us about a God who doesn't regard us according to those feelings and self-perceptions, not at all. Another example, uh, anyone who's been in pastoral ministry for any length of time is going to meet someone, maybe many people, with a great deal of sexual brokenness. On a variety of occasions, we've had people, sometimes often women, come through the doors of the church needing some form of help, uh, and they've clearly been used and run over sexually. It's not really a secret. They feel shame, and it's really a feeling of public shame because they know everyone knows. And I've seen people weep in tears of joy and release and gratitude to discover that their standing before God doesn't depend on the shame that they feel from their neighbors and others. Justification says there is no amount of sexual brokenness that will keep God from taking you unto himself in grace, mercy, and unconditional love. Justification by faith is the doctrine that says when you respond to God's invitation with faith in Christ, God doesn't regard you based on all those things. He doesn't accept you or reject you based on your self-perceived lack of worth. He does not base his verdict on your transgressions or your sins or on the pain you've caused or the hearts you've broken. No matter how many times you've condemned yourself, justification says in Christ, God does not condemn you. So the power and beauty of justification by faith is so well captured in the last sentence of the articles on justification in our United Methodist Articles of Religion. It says that we are justified by faith only. It's a most wholesome doctrine and very full of comfort. A most wholesome doctrine and very full of comfort. 
What could be more comforting than to know that no amount of sin or inadequacy is enough to keep God from accepting us, and no amount of performance is enough to get God to accept us? He accepts us as justified, not because we deserve it, but because of the worth of Christ. Now that's a doctrine that is deeply comforting, and it's a doctrine that is certainly, absolutely worth celebrating.